to the 15 to the 10. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. The legend continues. Chandler Jones, one of the most underrated players in football. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20 at the 10. Touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. Was it perfect? Far from it. Was it impressive? Yeah, at times. Bottom line, the Cardinals did what they were supposed to do. Go on the road and beat a Jets team that had not won a ball game. Final score on Sunday, 30-10 to 10 as the Cardinals, after two straight losses, back in the win column. And we are back talking about a victory here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. We, we, are, uh, we are with you every Tuesday morning, 11 to noon, during the course of the entire season and off-season here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. And MJ, yes, it was certainly good, and at times it looked very, very good offensively, defensively, and special teams. But to a man, and from the head coach Cliff Kingsbury, a lot more needs to be improved upon. It definitely passed the eye test when it came to the passing game. I mean, clearly we've been talking about Murray and those intermediate routes and locking on receivers, and maybe depending on DeAndre Hopkins, they were able to spread the ball around. Um, but I still think there's there's meat on the bone that they obviously feel like they could be better. And listening to Calvin Beecham today just about the offense, um, he says they really haven't scratched the surface. I mean, they want to have two running backs that rush over 100 yards in the game. Um, but I, I do think they made progress just based on what what happened in the last couple of weeks. B-Train, what stood out to you as you watched that contest and then heard what the players and coaches had to say afterwards? All right, we will get to be trained here in a moment, but the Cardinals have now are back above 500 MJ, and you look at how the game started. It wasn't all that great, but at least offensively as far as with a three, a three and out start, but then getting back on track, and I think that is the rhythm that we've heard from Kingsbury time in and time again is try to find that and then maintain it through the course of a contest. Yeah, and and that's where you got to convert on third downs, and and that's when you get in the red zone. You got you got to be efficient, and you know you look at the running game and the numbers. Um, you know the average per carries is is nice, um, but I think they need they uh, need more efficiency, and and that's where they feel like they are leaving you know yards on the field, and, and they clearly want to run the football. But I I just think. You know, the offensive line, I think, did a good job. Uh, they were able to control the line of scrimmage, and he was only sacked once. And so I, I do think there's progress, but I still think they really haven't played, you know, a full 60-minute game or complimentary football. All right, let's try again. Touch base with Bertram Berry here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. His thoughts, what he saw from Sunday's action. What I really saw, I saw a team uh, come out and, and play with a sense of urgency, obviously having the two games previous did not go as well, and, and you had a team with the Jets that hadn't played uh, good football uh, since the beginning of the season, and, and they went out and did what they were supposed to do. And when the team is struggling, you don't let them get any momentum built up, and I think the Cardinals did what they needed to do. It was a business trip. They treated it as such, and uh, they came out of there with a much-needed victory, and so you, you, you applaud them for that. But uh, I like what Mike said. Uh, you don't uh, get extra points for beating a team that's, that's really, really bad, you still got to go and, and clean up everything. But you clean it up now with a much better feeling about it, knowing that you got a much-needed win uh, on the road uh, on last Sunday. 
Kyla Murray threw for a career-high 380 yards, added 31 yards on the ground, yet afterwards had this to say about where his team is at five games into the season. You know, I don't want anybody on the team to feel, you know, satisfied with uh, what, what happened today just because, you know, that's, that's not what it's going to be every weekend. And, uh, you know, I hope everyone knows that just because Sundays aren't easy. Um, you know, we got a good Dallas Cowboys team we got to play on Monday next week. And there's going to be a lot of adversity, and we're going to have to fight it and, um, you know, stick through it, uh, stay together, and, you know, keep fighting. That's a second-year player, B-Train, that is talking like a seasoned veteran. Well, he's also the quarterback, and, and we know that that position requires a certain amount of leadership, and, and he is taking that role full on, and, and I think that's encouraging. He's having to, to be more demonstrative. He has to assert himself more. He kind of wanted to kind of play in the background a little bit, if you will, but when you're the quarterback, you are the guy, and they expect you to be the guy that, that gets everybody uh, get everybody's attention and, and get everybody where they're supposed to be in. I think he's starting to understand that, and, and he's starting to really grow into this role. Everybody needs to remember that this is only his second year, and, and we're, he's only played five games into his second year. So he's still learning what his role is going to be here with this organization. But they have given him the keys, and he's still learning how to, to, how to, how to drive this, 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 uh, this organization and, and, this, and, and this title, if you will, and, and, and learn how to be comfortable in it. You know, over the last couple of weeks, you you could see he's grown up because he was impressed with his team, the way they went to uh, Santa Clara and beat the Niners and the energy they provided on the road against a division opponent, obviously a team that represented the conference. And then after the Panthers game, he said, we kind of went in there just thinking we we're going to win the football game. Here, you're playing a desperate team. Uh, they don't have anything to lose. I mean, they, they could have been reckless and going forward on fourth down, but he felt like they went in there and they were to take care of business where you can't take any team lightly in the National Football League. The offense had almost 500 yards of total offense and really would have had 500 yards if it weren't for the four yards they lost on the final three kneel downs. Yet we talk about this and the 30 points, which tied a season high, Yet there certainly seems to be no satisfaction when it comes to the offense and what this offense has the potential to be if you're the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. We played harder. Um, still not the rhythm with which we want to play. A lot of penalties that kind of moved us backwards and put us in some, some you know, second and long, first and long situations that we didn't overcome. But um, I felt like he was poised and, and progressing through his reads, and those guys made, made some really nice plays for him on the perimeter. We have heard Kingsbury now, MJ, all season long bring up the penalties, and the Cardinals on Sunday had 10. In fact, they have been penalized more in the three wins than they have in their two losses, and that is what is bothering Kingsbury right now because even if you cut that in half or by a third, you're still going to get penalized, but what is happening in the head coach's mind is penalties are hurting this offense try to stay in rhythm. Yeah, and we found out yesterday that there's a, there's a thing called stalled uh, penalties. Basically, your drives get stalled because of penalties. And according to the NFL official reports or website, the Cardinals have 15, which is the most in the NFL. And we talked about this uh, yesterday on Cards Cover 2. If you just take four to seven points there in, in every game, I mean, 33% of the 15. Now, you know, in the division, uh, Seattle has 12 stalls, the 49ers five, and the Rams four. Now, again, they've only played one division game, but 
that was something that Kelvin Beach on t- touched on today. And really, it's the negative plays to where they put them behind the eight ball. And, you know, obviously, they feel like they're leaving points on the field. It's hard to believe then, B-Train, with that said, on just what this offense might become this season. Well, I'm excited. When I when I see there's clear room for improvement, I, I really believe that they have not scratched the surface on what they really could be. And, of course, we've seen what DeAndre Hopkins can be. Of course, he's uh, having a great start to his first season here with the Cardinals, and everybody's really happy about that. But you look at the running game and you look at the other receivers who have yet to get going, really, I, I still think that there are lots of points that can be had by this offense, and, and that can – potentially set them up to be one of the scarier offenses in the league for 2020. And, and uh, there's no reason for them not to, looking at the skill positions and uh, looking at the, the quarterback and what he's doing as he continues to grow and develop. Yeah, I, I really see this being a very explosive offense and, and only going to get better as time goes on. There was great balance offensively from this team on Sunday. Three different players had rushing touchdowns. There were four players with at least six targets and six players with at least two catches, yet it wasn't all good news B-Train because the Cardinals lost outside linebacker Chandler Jones to a biceps injury. The latest is that he was undergoing an MRI on Monday, and then after that, a decision was going to be made. Could he play this season, or is it necessary for him to undergo surgery, which would cost him the rest of the season? First and foremost, B-Train, the loss of Jones and what that means for this defense. Absolutely devastating. You're talking about the best defensive player on the roster, hands down, no question about that. A guy that really sets up everybody else. He, he's kind of like the point guard, if you will, of the defensive line. and He's able to, to take a lot of the pressure off of those other defensive linemen and allow them to flourish and get those one-on-one matchups that everybody covets. And uh, you, Your heart just breaks as a guy who lost a couple of seasons due to injury. I had triceps injury that took two of mine, and so I, I know exactly what he's going through right now. Uh, definitely heartbroken for him, and hopefully it's not as serious as they say and, and he can come back and play. But one thing to remember, as a, as a defensive lineman and as a pass rusher, very difficult to be successful if you don't have use of both your hands. Yeah, good point. Now, I, we, we talked about this. Uh, I just think it's a huge blow also. I mean, he finished with 75 pressures in 2019. That's more than double amount for the next Cardinals defender. And, yeah, he was off to a slow start, but, you know, other guys were getting sacks. And at, at some point, you, you look at Aaron Donald, he got four sacks in one game. I mean, it's not going to happen all the time. But I really wasn't worried about him with the sacks. It was more about getting pressure, knockdowns, hits, lead to turnovers. And, unfortunately, they really haven't turned the ball over. But just a huge blow and just having him on the field. We always talk about when you're going against an opposing coordinator or quarterback, when they're game planning during the week, they look at three guys on this defense, I believe, and that is Chandler Jones. Obviously, you look at Buda Baker and Patrick Peterson just based on the nature of the position he plays. Yes, yeah, the attention that Jones takes and the time during the week that he takes up for opposing offensive coordinators because you got to know where number 55 is. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury on what Chandler Jones and the loss is going to mean to this team. Yeah, he's an incredible human being just to be around. Um, never seen him without a smile on his face, his work ethic. Uh, the energy he brings to the practice field. He's relentless. And even when you know teams are double, triple team, and he doesn't get down, he, he's excited for everybody else's success. And uh, he's a huge part of this deal. 
Now you look internally and what the Cardinals might be able to do first and foremost. You hope to have Devon Kennard back on the field. He's missed two weeks now because of a calf injury. And then there's Kylie Fitz. There's Hassan Reddick, Dennis Gardak, who had two sacks on Sunday. And then i got to ask, B-Train, has your phone rung at all? Are you an option? Because back in your day, you could rush the quarterback as well as anyone. No, they don't. They don't need to call me for anything other than advice, brother. I, I can't give them anything. I may have one, maybe two third downs left in me, and if they run away from me, then you know I'm, I'm not going to be much of a factor. So uh, they, you know, Steve Kime can can save his 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 time by calling me. He doesn't need to do that, but uh, I'll definitely be there to offer up any help that I can from a mental standpoint. B train. We uh, had Kyle Vandenbosch on the show on. on- Cards uh, post game show cards talk and mm-hmm. he brought up a point that, and you played the position he said this is one position where you can try to get a guy and whether they stay in house or you know we know the guys aren't growing on trees to rush the passer unless you're Dwight Freeney he's up there in age he said that's one position where you can come in and just kind of you know rush the passer versus look, trying to learn every different uh, ounces of the defense do you agree with that? I think you can if that's all your role is supposed to be. Now, if you're going to be a third-down specialist and all they're asking you to do is go get the quarterback, yes, you can be effective. But you also have to be a guy that understands the the concept of the defense and the concept of the rush on that particular play. It can't just be where you're a rogue pass rusher out there on the edge. You have to be able to rush within the confines of the the defense that's called because if you're running up the field and all the other guys – or run into the other side, then that, that leaves holes and pass rush lanes for quarterbacks to escape. So, yeah, you, you can you can assimilate yourself a lot quicker at that role, but you still have to have some overall football IQ in order to really be uh, a threat when you, you come in and, and you're trying to get after the quarterback. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to rely on what they already have in-house because I think that's great opportunity for Hassan Reddick and Devon Kennard to really establish themselves. As, as the future, not to say that Chandler wasn't the present and the future, but the, these are two young guys that uh, they could be a tandem that can, can really make some hay for a lot of years for this Cardinals defense if they play the cards right. Another option failed to mention Isaiah Simmons, who we know has been trying to figure out a way to get on the field as much as possible, and that might be an option for the Cardinals, and they look internally to find a way to get some pressure on the quarterback. The Cardinals have 14 sacks, so it's not like they aren't getting pressure on the quarterback, and that's with just Chandler Jones with the one sack, but now you eliminate that presence on the field, MJ, and now maybe there's more one-on-one opportunities for a Kennard or a Reddick or a Fitz, and then how does Vance Joseph now, does he dial up more pressure or blitzes, if you will, to kind of combat what you would have had if Jones is on the field? You made a great point um, where maybe teams don't have to have an extra tight end out there. You know, all of a sudden they're going to try to spread you out and, or have an H-back or a fullback that's going to chip him, and the Cardinals have tried to move him around, so um, I think offenses are going to look at them a little bit different in, until they can legitimately get to the right pass rusher. But, again, the other guys are going to have to step up. And, you know, Hassan Reddick is, is definitely flashed. I think they miss Kennard. Hopefully he's closer. I mean, the fact that he was on the trip, that tells me he's close. And then you got, you know, guys like Kylie Fitz and, and Dennis Gardeck. But, you know, I think Isaiah Simmons, you know, again, if they want to leave him in the front seven, does he have the ability to rush the passer? I, I guess we'll find out. The only update we have on Kennard, Kingsbury on Monday said back sooner rather than later. We'll see the Cardinals on the practice field on Wednesday of this, and maybe we'll see Kennard on the practice field as well.
Update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. 30-10, to 10, the final, the 30 points tied for a season high. The 496 yards of offense, a season high. Yes, the offense more vertical, north-south rather than east and west. We will touch on some of the big plays, including from number 10, DeAndre Hopkins, who continues to just thoroughly impress early on in his Cardinals career, five games in and already leading the league in several offensive categories. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Shotgun snap to Kyler Murray from the pocket. Deep pass, left side going for Hopkins. One-handed catch and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins was blanketed by a jet, but it don't matter. Hopkins makes the catch, and the Cardinals may have just put the Jets to sleep. Oh, can you taste it right there, baby? The 50-50 ball to the left of Kyler Murray and a perfect pass. D-Hop. That is big time with a one-hand snag. Perhaps the best all-around receiver in the NFL. Great hands, great vision, great speed. You know, there was a debate this offseason about number one wide receiver. Who would you rather have, a Hopkins, a Julio Jones, a Michael Thomas? And I don't think there's any debates anymore, gentlemen. Hopkins leads the league in receptions, receiving yards, and 29 of his 45 catches have come on first down or gained a first down. That is also tops in the NFL. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry discussing all things Arizona Cardinals coming off a win on Sunday against the New York Jets in which Hopkins had six catches for 131 yards and, of course, that touchdown, 37 yards, in which MJ, he kind of made that catch with his chest and then the hand or the arm draped over the chest to secure it two unbelievable catches on that scoring drive yeah and really two good throws and you know in the first half he only had two catches for 25 yards and you know he told us after the game he had a conversation with Kyler Murray about hey I may not look like I'm open just throw it up there I mean obviously you don't want to be reckless but you take your chances with him and a guy like Larry Fitzgerald and so you know Fitz had that same conversation with Kyler and, you know, I was looking at his uh, demeanor coming to the sidelines, and I, th- I think he was getting a little frustrated from a standpoint of he feels like he's open all the time. And when you mentioned Michael Thomas, obviously he was suspended for the game last night. Um, he's been dealing with injuries. Julio Jones has been dealing with injuries. And that's one thing that you can count on with DeAndre Hopkins. He plays every Sunday. He might not practice every single day Details. B-train. However, he does arrive. <laughs> he shows up when it matters, and that is when the lights is the brightest, and those are game days on Sundays. Five games with the Cardinals B-train, and three times now he's had at least 130 yards receiving. Yeah, he's averaging over 100 yards per game, and, and you, you just talk about production and, and being able to be counted on when you need it most. Uh, you throw the ball to him, he's going to catch it. I mean, we've seen this year after year throughout his career, and we're just glad that we have him. Uh, we thank the Houston Texans every day. We should be sending them, uh, you know, little bouquets every every week because uh, you know we're so thankful that they were able to part ways with such a talent. And, and uh, you know, but to see him up close and, and pair him with the Larry Fitzgerald and the Christian Kirk and, and Andy Isabella and all these other weapons that we have, it just 
it, it just makes the potential so great. And I think that's why there's so much, there's, there's so many expectations from the Cardinals from an offensive standpoint because when you put a dynamic player in the mix with an already talented roster, then you just expect things to happen right away. We know it doesn't always happen uh, that fast, but you, 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 you see it coming and, and you see what this what this offense can potentially be and, and it, it you can't help but get excited to, to actually see this whole thing come together and, and show what they can really do when all systems are clicking. And both of those deep shots happening late in the contest, and it seemed like something that was maybe set up in the first half for a deep shot contest in the second half, MJ, just on how things evolved. Because, yes, there were some deep throws, but more towards the middle of the field, and those were two shots down the left sideline. They were, 45 and 37. You know, he was able to push the ball down the field, averaging 9.9 yards per attempt. That's a lot higher than it's been the first uh, four weeks. That's his highest mark this season. Also completed four or seven passes when he threw 15 yards down the field, which is another season-high mark. You know, obviously he felt more comfortable. He had protection. Uh, They were able to utilize the play action. And, And guys were getting open, you know, for the most part, and he didn't feel like he was forcing it. Yeah, Hopkins targeted seven times, six catches. He averaged almost 22 yards a catch after the ball game. He talked about his two key catches down the stretch. I seen, you know, cover one, uh, you know, one high safety, which means, you know, me one-on-one with a cornerback. And, you know, I like my odds. And I was just, you know, telling Kyler, just trust me. The guy was off. The corner was off. Uh, You know, he wasn't close to me, but... You know, I just told him to, you know, give me a chance and, you know, let's work on some things. It reminds me, MJ, of when Kurt Warner first arrived and him learning what Larry Fitzgerald means when I'm open, even if there is a defender close by or draped over me. And I think Kyler Murray learned it last year with Fitz and is learning it with DeAndre Hopkins right now. Yeah, and it's not like, you know, obviously the first couple of weeks teams weren't covering like we thought they would. So you're going to target him, but... You know, you, you feel like he's not a speed guy. Um, he does get separation. He can run every route in the route tree. Um, I'll take my chances with him. So, again, that's just they just need more time together. And and, and the, 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 they'll have hand signals at some point when they get to the line of scrimmage. What do you see? And that will go a long way. But, you know, obviously without you know, the off season and everything else, and they did get together for a small period of time in Texas. But, I think as the season goes, you'll start to see the chemistry and the timing get a lot better. After last week's contest, B-Tran, all the talk, or a lot of the talk, was about the vertical passing game and where was it and had disappeared and there was too many receiver screens. And I don't know if maybe after four weeks there has been a change in offensive philosophy or if it was what the Jets' defense did or didn't do. I think we need more time, but it certainly looked a lot better from an offensive standpoint on Sunday look better because they were running the football and when you have success running the football in the first half then you have to commit more guys to the running game then that's what opens up the passing game in the second half and that's a formula that's been tried and true for many many years in the NFL run the football then you set them up in the second half and and that's what we saw when when you see Kenyon Drake and and Chase Edmonds and even Kyler Murray you know get to running the football you you've got to pay attention to that now and when you have more guys at the line of scrimmage or around the line of scrimmage then that opens up those those big chances that you can take and fortunately with the success that they had and you see what what Kyler Murray and and DeAndre Hopkins are are able to do 
uh, it's really scary. But the key is you got to establish the run first. And once you establish that run, then everything else opens up as far as the playbook. 127 yards rushing, three touchdowns by three different players, Murray, Chase Edmonds, and Kenyon Drake. First time since 2009 the Cardinals had three different players score a rushing touchdown and a game. Murray talking about getting the ball in the hands of his playmakers. We got weapons, and I think, you know, we we got we got to we got to use our guys, and you know I, I think you see that with the plays out there. You know, just letting D Hop do his thing, letting C Kirk do his thing, Andy, all the guys that we have. We have a lot of dudes, like I said, you know, before the season. So you know, at some point, you just got to let them go, let them do what they do, try to get the ball in their hands, and that's my job. And it's not an easy job, MJ, because when you look at all the names that Murray mentioned and then you add tight end and all of the other guys that want to be involved in the offense, if more targets or more touches are directed at one player, that comes at the expense of another. And with all of these weapons, as Murray said, how do you keep everyone happy? Or is it just, hey, the offense is moving up and down the field? Well, I think it's the latter. And I, and I think a lot of guys would sacrifice touches at least uh, for wins because this team feels like when they start clicking, they can be one of the better or more explosive offenses in football. And, you know, you look down the list, guys that were targeted, Hopkins, Kirk, Edmonds, Fitzgerald, Daniels, Isabella, Sherfield. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson won, uh, Kenyon Drake. And the thing is, I know people are wondering why they don't throw the ball to Kenyon Drake possibly more because you don't want to tip your hand when he's in the game. But the way Chase Edmonds is running and the way he catches the ball uh, in the open field, he makes guys miss. Uh, I understand that he's more of a priority when it comes to the passing game. There's a lot of been some talk, B-Train as well, about how to get the ball more in the hands of Edmonds as well. 92 yards from scrimmage based off his rushing and receiving on Sunday, and he also had a 31-yard kickoff return as well. But you talk about that one-two punch at running back, Drake and Edmonds, good complementary pieces, and I don't know if there can be a, a true balance or a one-two punch, if you will, because Kingsbury just doesn't operate that way at the running back position. No, he doesn't operate that way, but I think it's great to have the luxury if one guy gets a lot of carries, gets gassed, you don't have to worry about a drop-off if you bring in the backup. And one thing about Chase, we know he loves playing in the New York area as a former uh, Fordham alum, or as a Fordham alum, he, he's a guy that, that's very comfortable up there in, in, in on the East Coast. And so uh, it's good to see him get, get, getting off and, and, and having some plays. And, and we know what kind of talent he is. It's just a matter of him getting the opportunity. But I, I really believe that if they really want to focus and, and, and showcase these two running backs, I think they could. And, and I think it would create a lot of problems because when you start talking about matchups and coming out of the backfield, is it going to be a linebacker? Is it going to be a safety trying to cover them? I think they're a mismatch either way. And so that that becomes part of, of the of the chess match, if you will, for Coach Kingsbury against opposing defensive coordinators. And uh, I like our chances when you start uh, – putting those guys up against those particular positions. And saw a lot of times, more often than not, MJ, with Drake and Edmonds on the field together on Sunday. Yeah, and I like that because you, you can do a lot of different things. Now, after five games, when it comes to snaps, Drake's playing 67% of the snaps and Chase Edmonds about 37%. So I think that will – I don't know if we're going to have full balance there, but I do think Chase Edmonds has earned more opportunities. We have hit the halfway point here on this edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. When we come back, we'll touch on the defense and who made the biggest impact on Sunday. Bird Gang, make sure you subscribe to Arizona Cardinal Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, 
or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Dennis Gardak, by the way, is playing Chandler Jones' position right now at right outside linebacker. Second down and 10, back to throw Flacco. Sacked by Gardak. Oh, my goodness. What a move by Dennis Gardak. The barbarian came inside. Hair flying. Flacco in the pocket, going to get hit and sacked. Dennis Gardak got him again. <laughs> and then Dennis Gardak doing an, an interesting sack dance where he just kind of bounced back and forth on his feet with his hands out, palms up. I don't know what he was asking for. What is good, Gardak? Dennis Gardak got up and did a little barbarian dance around the fire. Two tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, two quarterback hits, and he did all that in just 10 snaps on Sunday. The first ever defensive snaps in Dennis Gardak's career as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry. Cardinals get the job done. Dennis Gardak got the job done on Sunday against the Jets, 30-10. to B-Train, how tough is that from Gardak your first defensive snaps, and I, I get it. It's against the Jets, but I, that doesn't matter. It's, it's an NFL team, and yet here he is, literally off the street, if you will, as far as defense is concerned, and produces two sacks. In the words of the immortal Sugar Free, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. And one thing we know about Dennis Gardak, he's always ready. And that's when opportunity meets chance and and he had his chance to go in and and take care of business and that's exactly what he did that's why he wears a c it's not necessarily for defense but it's because he's a guy that the team looks to as a leader and a guy that you want to mimic as far as his preparation uh his commitment to the team and and you saw all that on full display in those 10 plays he was able to really make the most of his handful of snaps and 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 that's what happens when you are ready to go, and, and no matter what they ask you to do, you're willing to do it at 100%. So happy for Dennis and, and a guy that has really worked his tail off, and, and you, you root for guys like that, and, and good things always happen uh, for, for, for guys that, that put in the work like Dennis does. His effort certainly rewarded as we take you inside the Cardinals locker room, azcardinals.com, head coach Cliff Kingsbury. There at 5 a.m. when I walk through, all right, to get breakfast. Works his ass off, had two sacks a day, Dennis Gardak. Short and sweet, the acceptance speech from Gardak in the locker room, given a game ball, and yes, quite the story. Someone undrafted and makes the team via special team, sticks with it, inside linebacker, and MJ this offseason moved to outside linebacker, and undersized, yet you look at what he was able to do, that first sack, he had a nice inside move on the left tackle, and then on the second sack, it was a bull rush against the right tackle to get to Joe Flacco. Yeah, and prior to that, he got pancakes, so he must have got a chance to say, all right, I'm in the game now as a defensive player. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, the Jets were obviously throwing the ball because they were trying to at least get some uh, garbage uh, stats, I guess, at the end or just make the game closer. But 
for the most part, I mean, he, he comes in with a lot of energy. He plays with his hair on fire. He's he's an underdog. He's not the biggest guy. And, you know, if if you don't, you know, bring your A game, um, he's going to just not so much physicality, but his energy is just going to – he's going to get past you. His first defensive snaps, Gardeck after the ball game on the nerves and then whatever he was doing after the sack. So when I was out there first, I was really nervous, and I was trying to laugh and joke about it. Um, so then when I was excited, I just let myself be excited. The one with the arms out spinning around, we call that turning the corner, which is what you do as a pass rusher, and it's just uh, you spin around on one foot. It's easy for uh, you know somebody that doesn't have much rhythm. So that's kind of my go-to called turning the corner. All right, B-Train, we got the explanation. How would you rate the Dennis Gardeck sack dance? Oh, I was impressed. I mean, to to have that on on file and ready to go. I mean, one that means that he envisioned himself one day actually making a play, and so uh, he he saw this coming. And and the fact that he was uh, ready, and and once he got once he got the sack, he was he was he was ready with his dance. It just goes to show there's nothing like the excitement of being on the field on a Sunday and and having an opportunity to go out and make a play for your team and help your team win and. Uh, that's just that's just excitement personified, and and that's what Dennis Gardak really is. Like he's just walking excitement. He's a guy that's uh, if you just around him any amount of time, you can see he's always in a good mood. Doesn't always have a lot to say, but he just has that energy about him, that vibe that that people gravitate to, and and that's why uh, they had no problems putting him in there. They trusted him, and and he responded by going out and and making a few plays. Just goes to show you hard work does pay off. Here's the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, I see it every day in practice. He is hell on wheels going on scout team against our, our offensive line, and they hate trying to block him because he's nonstop. He's relentless. I mean, he just keeps going, and the play's never over for him. Um, you know, he's a guy who gets there earlier than everybody, studies harder um, than any player I've ever seen, and just awesome to see what a great story, and it's fun to watch him. Now that... Gardeck, he accounted for two of the three sacks. The other sack was by Buda Baker, who after one week missing because of thumb surgery, played every single defensive snap with a cast on his thumb, MJ, and led the team in tackles with 10. Also a tackle for loss, the sack, and a quarterback hit. Yeah, and you notice the tackling was a lot better, right? Absolutely. And Across the board. Guys weren't running free in the secondary, and, and that's going to happen when obviously you're playing young safeties like they were at least earlier in the season. But, uh, again, um, there's not a lot of Buda Bakers out there. I think he's one of the best safeties in the league. I think the organization realized that when they rewarded him. Um, but just the way he plays and the way he flying around the ball and all the different plays he can make, I mean, you talk about bringing energy. He brings a lot of energy on game day. It's hard to say that it's just one player, but when you look at the numbers, B. Trey and the Jets, 4-13 on third down. They didn't convert either of their two fourth down opportunities and just one of three in the red zone. Is it just as simple as, hey, we've got Buda Baker, you don't? Yeah, it really is. And when you start talking about, like Mike said, he's one of the best safeties in the business, and we're glad that he's on our team, and, and we're glad that he's locked up for foreseeable future. And, and when you put him out there, that's what he does. And when he's not out there, as we saw the previous week, it, it's not quite as good. It's, the, the tackling's not quite as solid. The, the, the communication's not quite as clear. And uh, you, you miss a guy like Buda Baker, and, and it, it, it was very night and day, uh, 
what it's like to to have him on the field as opposed to not having him on the field. So as as much as we can keep him healthy, we 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 need to do everything we can because he is definitely a difference maker when he's on the field for the Cardinals. Defense didn't have a takeaway B train, but when you're in the red zone and you stop a team on downs and then you do it twice as far as stopping an opponent's on fourth down, we talk about energy and that's how you build your own energy, is it not? No question. And I, I'm, you know I always say when you go on the road, you bring your defense and you bring the special teams. And I thought the Cardinals did a good job of doing that. And I don't care that it's the New York Jets because that is an NFL football team. They may not have they may not have the record that they would like, but trust me, that is a very talented team. If you let a team like that get momentum in the first half, first quarter, they can use that and, and, and make it a long day for you. And so the fact that the Cardinals did what they needed to do, uh, it was very encouraging, and hopefully they can build upon that going into uh, Dallas next Monday. To that point, the Cardinals on Sunday, MJ, allowed season lows in points, total yards, passing yards, yards per play, average yards per play, pass play, I should say. Again, against the Jets, but as B-Train pointed out, they're an NFL team, and now you've got to build on that and stack those performances. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, again – to me, we would have signed up for a one-point win, but I'm glad they went there and were able to take care of business. I mean, you can't control what their roster looks like. I mean, unfortunately for them, they didn't have their quarterback. Le'Veon Bell was coming off, you know, an ankle injury. Um, so, I mean, you, you got to just take care of business. But I, I'm glad it wasn't close. Uh, I'm, and, again, they could have put up 40 points in that game. Yeah, Cardinals certainly left points on the field. And then we heard from Devondre Campbell earlier today that they defensively didn't quite like what they had as a defensive defensive performance. They allowed over 100 yards rushing, and that's always kind of been the benchmark because we always hear stop the run is number one, and you want to make that 100 yards or less, and the Cardinals right now have not been able to do that. No, and, you know, clearly, you know, when it came to the Cardinals, you know, with Flacco, I mean, at some point, you know he's going to make the throws, and Jamison Crowder is probably their biggest uh, threat there and, you know, some other guys. But for the most part, I, I just thought, you know, they were able to get him off on third down. Uh, they were able to, you know, hold him to field or one field goal versus touchdowns in the red zone, and that's something we didn't see in the previous games against the Panthers and Lions. Yeah, what a difference one week makes defensively for the Cardinals, and now you've got to do it against the Dallas Cowboys. But you're – you gain a Buda Baker B train, but you lose a Chandler Jones, and now it's probably going to be a lot of rallying the troops to overcome that loss, as we touched on earlier in the show. It's got to be strength in numbers, and, and as we've talked about, I, I would employ Hassan Reddick and Devon Kennard to be the catalyst. You don't want to have to go outside and try to bring in somebody to try to replicate what Chandler Jones has been. You, you, this is a great opportunity for those two individuals I know that they have relished an opportunity like this, and now it's, it's on them, and you've got a big showcase in Dallas. It's Monday Night Football. It's primetime TV. What better way to make a name for yourself and what better team to do it against than a team that gets all of the attention, rightfully so or otherwise, and uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. So I, I think if they, were, they are who we think they are, uh, <laughs> no pun intended, then they will go out and they will handle their business and they will, will, will do what they need to do to help get this team a win. Cardinals back in the win column after a two-game losing streak. They'll take a 3-2 and two record into next week's contest against the Dallas Cowboys, which we'll get into on the other side here is the Cardinals with an extra day of, quote, rest and preparation 
before playing the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Bird Gang, catch up on all Cardinals flight plan episodes. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals. Again, the official Arizona Cardinals YouTube page, youtube.com slash azcardinals. Week six, right around the corner, and it is the biggest spotlight in the National Football League. Not only the Dallas Cowboys, but AT&T Stadium. Quite literally, the biggest stage in the National Football League. We will talk about next week's contest on the other side. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Chase Edmonds in the backfield with Murray. Third down and one of the 29, four receiver set. Shotgun snap, it's a run play, right side. Big hole Edmonds, 25-20, 10-5, touchdown. The inside zone being run and Chase Edmonds found the hole and to the house, baby. 29-yard touchdown run on third down and one for Chase Edmonds. All four of Chase Edmonds' touchdowns at MetLife, 20 yards or longer. And he has five such 20-plus yard touchdowns in the last two seasons. That is more than any player in the National Football League. By the way, Kyler Murray on that list as well. He's got three touchdown runs of 20 or more yards in the last couple of seasons. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry as we put the spotlight on the Cardinals and Cowboys Week 6 Monday Night Football. It's the matchup that everyone looked at and circled on the calendar when the schedule was released in the off season. There is certainly going to be a lot of attention on the head coach Cliff Kingsbury, a lot of the attention on the quarterback Kyler Murray going back to the state of Texas. Calvin Beecham earlier today addressing the media and he is another texas player that is going back to his home state played at smu yet he said quote this is the next opponent when asked about monday night football devondre campbell on the matchup quote every week is the same to me b train you buying any of this no (laughs) not at all especially as a native texan who has such a disdain for the Dallas Cowboys, you know that this is not a normal game because, for one, it's in your it's in your home state, and for those Texans, it's also Monday Night Football. It's the only game in town that night, so no, it is not the same as as just another game. And I love the attitude to to go at it from a business like perspective, but once you fly and you touch down on that soil and you know it's home and you get to see some familiar faces, you want to go out there and perform well. And and we know historically what this team has been and what they've meant to the NFL, blah, blah, blah. But if you can go out there and perform well against a team like this, it really elevates you to another level. And, And I know for a lot of Cardinals, they're looking for that elevation come Monday night. And it looks like they're going to have fans in week two. They had like 21,000 fans, so the fans will be there. Now, B-Train, just playing on Monday night, where it's the only game in town, and there's a lot of Cardinal players that have never played on Monday night football. Of course, the guys that have been in the league have. What's it like the first time? It's nothing like it. I mean, for one, you're playing much later, so you have to really adjust your time clock in your body because that's that's an element that a lot of people don't think about. You used to kick off either at 2 o'clock or – if you're on the East Coast, 10 o'clock, so you're used to playing earlier. 
and you're not used to having that extra day to have to wait and anticipate going out to play. So it it has its upsides, but it also has its downsides. So the thing that I would tell a guy that's never played on Monday night is just, hey, look, don't don't play the game before the game is played. Meaning, don't get all emotionally bent out of shape before you actually get to the stadium and and get yourself ready to go out there and play. When you when you have that much time before the game, some guys tend to you know they they're so wound up trying to think about the game and what they want to do that they forget that they have to get that rest before they go out there and play. So just go out there, relax, do what you've always done, read your keys, and uh, just just play ball because it is a game, but you know that there's a little more to it than just a normal game. It is Monday Night Football, for goodness sakes. 5:15 is the kickoff. The Cowboys two and three, and led by now quarterback Andy Dalton after the ankle injury to Dak Prescott on Sunday. The Cowboys still have Ezekiel Elliott, a pretty banged up offensive line, but some good pass catchers as well. Their defense, though, allows a lot of yards and points. So this very well could be a shootout on Monday Night Football, and we will talk about it one week from today here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. For Mike Jarecki, Bertram Berry, I'm Craig Riolu. Enjoy your weekend. Remember, Cardinals and Cowboys, it's Monday Night Football to end Week 6. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.